Hey, thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we want to encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. Hey, we're starting a new series today. Um, it'll be a four-week series. And the big idea is we want to dig on, in on relationships. And so uh, I just feel like we can't get enough of this right now. It feels like there's a lot of strain um, just because of the times that we're living in. And so... Um, We've called the series Built Different. And the idea is, is that what we want to talk about, there's a way that the culture says to build, and then there's the way that God in his word says to build, and that each one of us uh, spend our lives building differently than the way that the culture tells us to build. And so today we're going to go after marriages. It's going to be the first uh, in relationship series. It'll be talking about marriages today. If you've got your Bibles, I want to invite you. Let's go Hebrews chapter 13. Then we're going to go Psalm 127. Hebrews 13 says this, marriage should be honored. Say honored. honored. Marriage should be honored by all and marriage the marriage bed kept pure for God will judge the adulterer and sexually immoral. That's enough. See you later. Have a great day. No, just kidding. <laughs> all right. <laughs> just kidding. Psalm 127. Here's the one. And this is kind of the theme verse for the whole series. All right. It says this, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless God's at work, unless the Lord does it. So we want to talk about building the house today, uh, the marriage house. We're going to talk about specifically marriage, and we want to build uh, with God's plan, God's way, not the world's way. All right, let's pray, and then we'll go after this. Father, we love you, and I thank you, Lord Jesus, for every single person that's here. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that in their season, whether there's a call to singleness or if they're looking for their spouse, I pray that you would take even these ideas and these principles Help them on their journey. And I pray, Lord God, for each person that's on the journey right now where their marriage is in a trial, in hardship, I pray that you would use even these moments as we open up the word of God and that they would grow. God, every marriage that feels a, a little flat, nothing wrong, but feels a little flat, I pray that you put fresh fire today. And God, I pray that everyone that's thriving, I pray that they would go stronger and get better and better. We thank you for what you're gonna do. We love you. In Jesus' name and Radiant Church said amen. So uh, years ago, uh, I was officiating a wedding in Denver, and uh, one of my friends was getting married. So he uh, had been in our discipleship program. Uh, so he was a little bit younger than me, but he was a close friend in addition to being in the program. And so uh, he had invited me to do their wedding and to officiate, but I was kind of I was kind of half officiant, half groomsman. You know, I mean, I, I was partying up with them. I should be careful how I say that. I was having a good time with them. We were hanging out uh, the day before. And yeah, I don't, not, anyway, it was a good party. It's a Christian party. I don't, anyway, don't be confused. Anyway, and, uh, <laughs> and but we got to the, the wedding and um, the, there was a, a, a wedding coordinator and then there was, me. And so the wedding coordinator was giving some directions. I was giving directions. And, uh, and when it got time for the wedding to start, I was standing like side of the stage with, I mean, everybody's, it's all there. Music's there. We're ready to go. And there's no groom. And, you know, at first I'm like, oh, I don't know, maybe he's in the bathroom or something. You know, he's like one minute late, two minutes late, five minutes late, seven minutes late, 10 minutes late. And I'm like, 
dear me, this is a movie. This guy fled the scene. This guy got cold feet. He's gone. 11 minutes, 12 minutes. And I'm looking at these groomsmen and I'm like, where is he? What's the story? And so then I just thought, I know. Okay, what do I got to do? I got to be his friend in this moment. So I'm calling him and I'm like, bro, I know what this is. I just need you to tell me how you want me to like tell the bride and tell the people to leave. What do you want to do with the gifts? Can Renan and I have them? I mean, like what's going to happen here? I'm just thinking it's like this guy flew away like this guy. Because I've seen so many movies, you know, it's like the rom-com type. I'm thinking this guy's absent. He just decided not to. And so lo and behold, at about 15 minutes late, he shows up and I give him the look of what is wrong with you? You are, this is going to ruin your marriage, bro. I mean, like off to a raw, bad start, you know? And, and he's like, the wedding coordinator told me to go pray in this side room. And she said that she would come get me. And she forgot me. <laughs> I was like, bro, you, li- you listened to the wrong girl. You know, like shouldn't have been listening to her. And anyway, it was just fun kind of crazy uh, wedding. And uh, I was just thinking about in this season, honestly, with just, just the internet having so much information, so much content like never before, it's easy for us to listen to the wrong voice. It's easy for us to just get people's opinions about marriage, about lots of things. But specifically today, I want to focus in on marriage. And what matters is who you're listening to. It matters that you're listening to the right voice. And so today, I want us to take this verse that says, build your house with God. That's the idea. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain. The builder or the laborer labors in vain. Very easy to actually be spinning your relational wheels, trying to make your marriage work, but be laboring in vain because you don't have God in the mix. You're just kind of reading a bunch of different things and listening to other people's opinions and personalities and thoughts. And so I want to go after what's in the word of God today. A whole lot of content on marriage. We're just going to skim some. But I want us to look at four different ideas from the word of God. And my hope is just to help our marriages take a step in getting stronger. I have a dream that at Radiant Church, we would have marriage after marriage celebrating 50 years, 60 years together. And, uh, and so I want to go after, I'm going to say that it's, I'm going to say it's the four walls. I'm going to give you four different C's. They all start with C. Yes. Very preachy today. Four different C's <laughs> and uh, the four walls of the house. All right. So let's go north, south, east, west house. All right. And, <laughs> and the idea is, is that if the wall falls down, the house falls down. Right. At, at Christmas this year, um, Renata and I thought it'd be fun to have like the gingerbread house competition with our kids. And, um, and so it was, we had three competitions, uh, Renata and Dawson, Olivia and Justice, and David and Adeline. And so um, Renata and Dawson, they were, they were pretty good. I mean, Renata's a pretty detailed thinker, and Dawson's just out here somewhere. And so together they made a medium, sturdy house. Um, Justice and Olivia are like, they are, I mean, detailed, specific, get everything right. And so their house was awesome. 
They won. Congrats to them. I mean, people were like, that house looks the best. That's great. So they were, they were our winners. Adeline and I were, were very similar in personality. And um, we were a team. Uh, we're kind of extroverted. We're more people people than let's get the, the house right. We just want to make sure that we were having a party during the time. And uh, needless to say, not only did we lose, our house didn't even stay up. <laughs> we couldn't even get it to stay up. And she's looking at me like, dad, you're the dad. You should figure this out. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. And so... Um, but I, I think that uh, for all of us, there's, there's a pain moment when the house falls down and the temptation is when the marriage house, when things start to fall apart, to be mad at the spouse. It's your fault. Yeah, well, if I'd have just married someone else, if I'd have just married my high school boyfriend or girlfriend, you, I mean, you start to have anger. Well, and, and here's what I want to encourage you with. If you'll get these biblical principles like walls that are sturdy, if you'll get these down, then there won't be the fall down factor. Does that make sense? And, and these are principles. I mean, so bottom line is, is that all of us are going to have different journeys. But if you'll get these foundations, if you'll get these walls right, it will s- significantly help your marriage. All right. So let's go after four of them. All right. The first wall is this. I want to invite you to this idea, built different, not like the world, built different, like unto Jesus, like unto holiness, unto God. Number one, built different is built on Christ. Real simple, but really important that you get that and that because you believe it, it changes the way that your marriage looks so that you have Christ first in your marriage. So Matthew 6, 33 says this, but seek first, first, that's the point of, but seek first his kingdom and all these things will be added unto you. I want to invite you to think about seeking Jesus first. Wait a minute. I I thought I should put my spouse above all things. No. Jesus, number one. Jesus first. And you're not only caring about you having Jesus first, but I want to invite you to think about what would it look like for you to have a passion to help your spouse put Jesus first. What gifts should you buy? What time should you allot? What conversations should you have? What marriage conference should you attend? What things could you do to help your spouse be close to God? If you get that, if you look at Christian marriage, if you have two people that are surrendered unto Jesus, you're the Lord of all, and I'm trying to serve like Jesus served, you'd be surprised when Jesus is actually number one, how it's easier to get some of the other things right. But when Jesus actually isn't first and he is in lip service, but not in reality, not in practice, not in the way that we live our lives, then you end up having more struggles. And so I remember for Renata and I, uh, when, we, when we first started dating, uh, we would go to Barnes & Noble. We didn't have a Starbucks in our city. Um, so the glory cloud didn't rest in Oklahoma City just yet. Uh, but there was a Barnes & Noble. Just kidding. That was a joke. Sorry. Um, and, and, and we would go and we would sit in the cafe, and we would just open up our Bibles and journals and read. And even in our dating process, there was like, there was, it, and I'm not exaggerating, it was, it was hours where we would just sit there all afternoon. And even though we, I mean, we weren't engaged yet, obviously not married, but it was starting to put this standard. This is who we are. This is a vision and a value that we possess that will be important to us if we are to say yes. And I just want to give you that image. What would it look like for you and your spouse? So that Jesus is number one. So it was important to Renata that Jesus was my number one. It was important to me uh, that Jesus was Renata's number one. And it got really, really real uh, because then Renata felt like God called her 
to go to an internship to study God in ministry, which required her to not date for a year, which meant she had to break up with me for a year and move away. And uh, in that moment, I thought, how on earth could you break up with this? Like, (laughs) you're gonna break up with me? I mean, you know, hit my pride pretty hard. But in reality, it made me go, ah, I am not first. She's gonna follow Jesus no matter what. God is first. And I just want you to think that way. What does it look like in your own life? in facilitating your spouse. And I'll tell you this, this is a little vulnerable. A couple people make jokes about this, but after we got married, when our, in our honeymoon, uh, on our honeymoon, it's beautiful Hawaii. I mean, you know, here we, it's, it's like, come on, like, this is it. And I was thinking, hey, on our honeymoon, let's go. Like, I don't know, I'm picturing surfing with my bride. You know, I'm picturing like snorkeling, you know, things that turns out we're not a, it's not really like the athlete, athletic type. Those things didn't work out for me, but um, but I asked her what she wanted to do, and she said, hey, there's a Starbucks. Let's start the day spending time alone with God. And at first, I was like, really? And then I was like, wow, pretty amazing. And, and I, I tell you those things, not out of any kind of, I know some people could twist that, but here's what I want you, I, I want you to see. It was priority. It's first place. Just be, just be with God. And so that's what we did. And I, I just think even as you start to think about in your own journey, your own life, what does it look like for Jesus to be my Savior My spouse is not my savior. My spouse won't come through if I'm hoping that she'll meet all my needs or he. Because only Jesus can save me. So Jesus is my healer. Jesus is the one that is ultimately gonna give me my purpose. So when Jesus is number one and then I'm doing life with my spouse and Jesus is their number one, then, then life works. But when I put them as Lord of all, when I make them number one, like we hear in many songs who absent of God are just looking for something to live for. So we're singing those worship songs and we're calling it romance music, but it's like, you're everything to me. You're, I, I can't live without you. I mean, all the stuff, but it's, it's actually, that actually creates a problem in your marriage. You want to make Jesus number one. And so how, David, how can I, how can I make Jesus number one? I'm going to give you just a couple thoughts on this kind of sub points. And, and I would, I'd invite you to start just by praying together. Now, I'm just inviting you to uptick what you're currently doing or to start if you're not doing anything. I am not asking you to suddenly spend an hour in strategic level warfare every day for an hour and fast. I, I'm, just, I'm just inviting you to think about what would it look like if there existed a prayer life with my spouse. So like for Renat and I, uh, there's... There's multiple times that we'll just have a 30-second prayer. So I have been surprised how much it's united us, even when we're just driving, and I just hold her hand, and we just pray, even just pray for just 30 seconds. Or when we're not as facing some trial, and she's telling me something that's really hard, if we just stop and just pray for 30 seconds. Or if there's a doctor's appointment, if we just stop and pray for 30 seconds. Or if your teenage kid is going nuts. Sorry, there's, I don't have any that are doing that. But... Stop and pray. Do I have any kids on the front row? Oh, they're gone. Ah, bummer. Probably in the back now. All right. Whatever you're going through, but just stop and pray. Does that make sense? For thir- and, and, and I want to just invite you to uh, thinking that way. How can there be a prayer moment in my day? Many people end their day on a screen. I want to invite you to think, what would it look like if I ended my day? Just a 30-second prayer with my spouse. What would it look like? 
So you can uptick. I think it'd be great if you, I mean, if you want to turn it into an, an hour of prayer, I'm not saying to get, Renata and I don't do that. Renata spends her time alone with God and I have my time alone with God. There's some, there's some couples that have that kind of devotional time together. That's not how we roll. We roll with her having her time alone with God, me having mine, but there's an intentional time to, to pray together. And so I'd encourage you to think that. Second idea I would encourage you kind of under this point of building on Christ is in the same way that we talk about small groups here, about how the relationships help us grow. As iron sharpens, or sharpens iron, so one man strengthens another. That idea that, that no matter what we're doing, if we're, if we're in relationship and there's fiery heart with fiery heart, both after God, and we have small groups, we have relationships, which is our dream to have you be able to have relationships like that. So too, in a marriage context, when you have conversation about the Bible, the scripture. If you, have, if you have conversations, so in addition to talking about the plumber and in addition to how we're gonna clean the garage and in addition to how we're gonna pay our taxes and in addition how we're going to uh, you know, punish our children, uh, you know, but, but there is also very clearly a part of our life together is conversations about the word of God. Just the way that the, the human heart works when, when you're spurring one another on and you're helping each other think. So like Renata and I are different. I'm... My, I'm, I'm mostly, you know, I've got my mind around uh, sermons and Bible content for Sundays, and I'm writing things. Renata's real big on uh, parenting and relationships. She loves to read books, uh, Christian books around those ideas and being healthy and relationally healthy, all that kind of stuff. Um, so what, what, what we found, though, is, is that our, our marriage has real vibrancy when we're actually talking about what we're learning. So conversations like, what's the Lord showing you is a good one. Or what, what are you uh, growing in the word in? What, what, how's the word of God coming alive? Or even for us, like some books and podcasts that are, that are other people helping us think about biblical ideas and thoughts have been helpful for us. But it's having conversation with your spouse around God content, around the word of God. And the other idea I would encourage you to is this. In your marriage, if you're able to, if you're able to partner in ministry in some way. Now, Undoubtedly, if you're married and you still have kids at home, there's a, there's a partnership in ministry in that you're making disciples of your children. And I, if, if you're able to just think, all right, here's the small group that we lead together, or here's where we serve together, or here's where, how we're trying to make a difference in the city or touch the nations or whatever it is. But if you'll have those components, you'll see Jesus be more and more the center. You'll see the, this built on Christ. It's not just with words only, it's with reality. And you'll start to have processes and where you can look back and see God at work in your life together. Second one is this, built on Christ. Second wall is this, built on commitment. I think that we live right now where it's easy to look at marriage, much like we look at buying, consuming, everything else in our culture. If it doesn't work, then take it back. I'm done. So we take that concept, and instead of having a commitment, we have a consumer mentality on marriage. Oh, this isn't working, I'm out. But real simple, I mean, first is Christ, and then I'm just encouraging you. Huge, big, think wedding vows commitment. I'm in this for life, no matter the season. I'm in this with you. That has to be Bedrock. Um, I'm, I mean, we are, we're in this together. Um, I grew up in the 80s, uh, when, and when my friends on a Saturday were, 
watching He-Man, playing with G.I. Joe figures, and eating Lucky Charms, um, I was at weddings. Like, my dad was a pastor, and um, so while they were getting to do those things, we were in a small town, it was a university town, and I think my dad did a wedding every Saturday. That might just be my childhood memory, might be exaggerated, but it felt like every single Saturday, I was putting on that same pinstripe three-piece suit, sitting on the front row and listening to a very long wedding where I had the same wedding vows and then eating mints in the fellowship hall. And, <laughs> but one of the benefits for me of those Saturdays was that I heard those vows over and over again. So much so that actually, uh, when I was a young adult pastor in Colorado, I used to have spontaneous weddings in the hallway where I would tease people that had crushes on each other. Um, and so it, would, it, it created all kinds of problems for me, but I'd be, they'd be like, yeah, so-and-so like each other. And, but I had it memorized, so I would just be like, can everyone gather around, gather around? And then I'd be like, dearly beloved, we have gathered here today in the presence of God and these holy witnesses to bring into holy matrimony. And then I'd say these two kids, and they're like, what? And then and it, was, it, was, it was bad. But... Um, but it was because, honestly, as a teenager, I, I think I had that memorized because I heard those vows every Saturday, or almost every Saturday. And, and I think it's important, old school, just to talk about that, to think about just the straight up raw, I do, from this day forward, for better or for worse, for rich or for poor, till death do us part. Like straight up, so how do you get that? Here's the component that you need. You need God. So when Jesus says in Matthew 19, he says, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no, no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. God. It's like, okay, I can... I'm not just fulfilling this commitment because I have willpower and it's the same willpower that causes me to be disciplined in making the bed and disciplined to going to the gym and disciplined in my finances and discipline. No, I have a real Holy Spirit, God at work. God has brought us together. It's God at work in my marriage. So this commitment, I, I need God in the mix and God, you're with me. You will help me to keep this commitment till death do us part from this day forward no matter what, and it's hard work. It's not easy. It's easy to give lip service and then just let the foundation fall apart. It's a fight. It's work. Proverbs 14 says this, all hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. Really easy to not do the hard work, but I wanna invite you to think through, I have made this commitment before God, and God, I'm gonna do these spiritual components to help my marriage be spiritually strong. All right, and then third wall is this, built on communication. Like in our journey, this has been huge for us. Um, Proverbs 18, 21, the tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat of its fruit. Then verse 22, he who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. We live in a time where there is an abundance of us speaking our mind. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna just tell people what I think. And I think that when we do that in our marriage and we think, well, because I'm being real, this is justified. Hold on a second. If you pull back and go, no, my goal is to show Christ's likeness to my spouse, to listen to God and speak what is the Holy Spirit is leading so that it's not just 
whatever I'm thinking, my flesh, my frustration, but I'm actually committed to showing Christ-likeness to my spouse, walking in word and deed with Christ, then the way that I communicate transitions from me just speaking my mind to me trying to build each other up, to build one another up, to encourage one another. Do not let any unwholesome word come out of your mouth, but only that which is helpful for building others up that it might benefit those who listen. I'm committed towards speaking life, not death. I remember for Renata and I, on our 10-year anniversary, um, we, did, uh, we, we did just a getaway, just she and I. Our son, Justice, had been born in April, and we were celebrating 10 years. And so in May... Uh, we took a book with us, and um, we just read the book on the trip. And in the book, um, which was called His Needs, Her Needs, it, it created an illustration about how it was like a bank account. And it was talking, and the idea was that every time that you're speaking life, you're making a deposit. And when you hit a crisis, there's moments where there's a withdrawal. And as simple as that was, the concept for me, you gotta, you gotta make a deposit, make a deposit, make a deposit, make a deposit, make a deposit. So when there's this crisis and there's this withdrawal, you don't get overdrawn, you don't go bankrupt. Somehow that book connected with me in a big way. And I was able to just go, okay, yeah. It's, it's actually about a daily, for me, a daily deposit. Daily speaking life. And not just random, like just being all positive, but trying to speak the words of God, trying to speak, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? Well, how do you see Renata? And looking for moments to just speak life. And so things like, you know what I love about you is blank. You know what I'm thankful for is this. Hey, this meatloaf tastes way better than sushi. <laughs> no, I've never said that. Um, <laughs> just looking for opportunities to just speak life to just fill up that bank account so that whenever you inevitably face trials, and we do, when the water heater goes out, you know, and there's suddenly tension, uh, what's gonna happen right now? Like, that was yesterday. Uh, you, you're able to survive those moments, right? And so I would, I would invite you to think very specifically about, okay, God, I wanna build on Christ. I care about my relationship with you. I care about my spouse's relationship with you. So... For me, for example, I'm, I'm uh, pretty frugal, um, not, not really wanting, if we go out to eat, my kids to put cheese on their burgers because I do not want to pay the extra dollar, never buy a soda, always water. Uh, that's the kind of person that I am. But I'll spend, I'll spend a lot of money on Bibles and books and highlighters and ways to just help that. I mean, coffees, I mean, if that's going to, whatever it's going to take. And I, and, I, and I wanna invite you to just think that way. I care about Renata's relationship with God. What, what can I do to help that grow, okay? And then, and I care about my own. And when, when, when I'm good with God, when I'm close with God, then it's amazing the grace, kindness, and gentleness. And when you know, fruit of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and then I wanna invite you to think commitment. I have decided this is it, this it for life. This is the picture and then I want to invite you to think strategically on communicating really, really well. We're working on it. Your tongue, powerful. It's amazing. Wrong words create such pain. Work on it. Work on not just the absence of mean things, but the intentionality of speaking life, building up, encouraging, that the most encouraging person your spouse knows is you. <laughs> You're the one that they're like, that's... 
the person that builds me up, speaks life into me. For Renata and I, what we have found is that for us, we try to have a daily connect, just a daily, just a daily conversation. And so if, if that's a walk, sometimes that's, um, I know, I, don't judge me for this, but we do the, um, you know how Panera has the, the, the monthly subscription now? Like that's great for like little dates, right? Because we, nobody knows, but you, it, that's good. It's not advertisement for Panera, but you can like, you can just go get another free coffee, go through the drive-thru and it's just a little date. It's just about 20 minutes, but it's a good conversation. Um, at the end of the day, it's easy to just go, here's the reason we don't have time to talk. We're too stressed. We got too much on our plate. But your number one most important relationship is Jesus. Your number two is your spouse. I want to invite you. Better than anything else you can do is helping to make sure that you have conversations. Work on it. Here's the deal. Men, one of the things that I've learned is to just ask questions. And most of the time, Renata's not wanting like um, to just kind of talk through like, like the intellectual details of the day. She's wanting to talk relationally about how we feel about the intellectual details of the day, all right? So instead of just giving commentary, here's the actual stats, it's, or specifics, or calendar, it's here's what I'm feeling about those things. That, that'll help, all right, help me. Uh, <laughs> so, and then for us, it's to withdraw weekly. It's, so we do a, a date night, and this is huge. Um, for us to have time to just look face-to-face, have conversation, talk. And uh, there's, there's some times where that is um, literally just sitting in the car, uh, just drinking the free coffee at Panera, um, or I guess we paid for it in the subscription. Um, <laughs> or, you know, sometimes, sometimes it might be that we get, she doesn't like seafood, so we get Midwestern food. Um, <laughs> that's another pain point. Um, <laughs> our first fight of our lives was in San Francisco over seafood. But anyway, that's a different sermon. And, but I invite you just to try to get alone and just have a conversation. Just, just, just be together. And the third one is this. If you can, save money, work on it, but try once a year to just get away. Even if it's not for a whole... If you, if, if you, can, if you can do a whole day, that'd be a dream. If you can do a, a night, so you do like... A day, a night, and a day, that, that's incredible. But for us, it's a time for us to say, what's our vision? What's our values? It's not just working out the details of driving the kids to all the things that they do. It's actually, our, these are, this is still our vision. These are still our values. And where are we at? And let's pray together and let's work through it. And what we have found is that by virtue of being intentional and putting those things, count, giving them calendar time, schedule first what matters most, it's helped us in our marriage, and that's what I care about for you. So that's the third wall is, is communication. Work on systems. You don't have to do our systems, but work on what systems or what plan or what strategy, what way you're actually communicating so that you're not just finding out about your spouse on Facebook and Twitter. You actually know them, and you, they have time and access to you higher than everybody else. All right, fourth wall is this, is built on consideration. Built on consideration. Let me just give you this text, and I'll give you a story. Philippians 2, 3, Paul says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, consider others better than yourselves. First glance, not necessarily feeling like a marriage verse, but when Renata and I, uh, in our first year of marriage, um, she was on a panel, um, a pastor's wives panel at our church. And they had um, Renata, who had been married for, I think, less than a year, 
And then a couple that had been, uh, a lady who had been married for 10 years, another one who had been married for over 20, over 30, over 40, and then there was one lady that was over 50 years. And it's a long panel. And the question that they asked the panelists was, what one piece of advice would you give, it's a ladies' conference, for a successful marriage? And Renata jokes, she can't remember what she said. She has no clue. She's just like, ah, marry the tallest guy you can find. No, I mean, I don't know what she said, but um, (laughs) she'd say that, hope. I have no idea what she said. Anyway, um, she doesn't know what the 10-year lady said. She doesn't know what the 20-year lady said. She doesn't know what the 30-year lady said or the 40-year. But here's what she said the 50-year lady said. She quoted Philippians 2.3. And she said, My marriage has thrived when my husband and I have considered it an honor to honor in humility to put the other higher than self. And it's not one big decision. It's six, seven, nine little decisions every day. I'm I'm going to go low and serve the other one. Of course, we know that's what Jesus did for us. Jesus, he's... He is forever the picture of the ultimate covenant. He went low for us. He's the suffering servant. He's the one that shows us how, which means Christ-likeness. How can I serve you? Temptation. I deserve, uh. Well, I think, uh. But I'm, uh. You. All right? Listening. And then acting. How can I consider her or consider him? higher? How can I serve them and in so doing personify Christ's likeness to them? I'd like to invite you, if you're married, would you just take the hand of the person next to you and I'd like to pray for you. If you're seated by somebody you'd like to marry, would you just take their hand? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Sorry. Just, sorry. Right up here. None of you guys. Just kidding. So sorry. This supposed to be a spiritual moment. I told you, I did youth ministry for 20 years and sometimes it comes out. All right, take, <laughs> take their hand. And let's just pray. Father, I just pray for every marriage in the room. And I ask in Jesus' name, Lord God, that you would be at work. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would strengthen these marriages. We pray, Lord, that we build on Christ. Jesus, would you be at the center? Would you be our cornerstone? I ask, Lord, for those even right now, even today where they need a miracle in their marriage, I pray, Lord God, be at work. Come. Lord, I ask, Lord Jesus, for marriages at Radiant Church that are 50, 60 years, decade after decade. I pray for parties where not and I are hanging out with people that are in their 60s and 70s. We're... They've been married for decades. Let it be a hallmark of this church. I pray, Lord God, in their struggle and their pain, in the real financial tensions, in the real relational pain, in the real temptation with the internet, so many different people just a text away, a DM away. I pray for purity. I pray built on Jesus. I pray for righteousness. Mark our marriages, we pray. Maybe you're here today and just hearing the good news that there is 
a God who has a plan. He sent his son Jesus to die on a cross for you. And you're just like, I'm not living that life. I'm living for me. Maybe today you wanna give your life to Jesus and we wanna give you that chance. He's the passion of our lives. We have decided to follow him. If you'd like to make that choice to follow Jesus today, I wanna invite you just to pray this prayer. Just say to God, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus and I give you my life. I surrender. Do you just say that to him? You can have it all. Take my life. Father, I pray for every person that prayed that today, online, a person that is alone, watching online right now. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would help them walk with you all the days of their life. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would strengthen each person in this room that said, I want to follow Jesus. And God, we ask that we would be wholehearted followers of Jesus, not just church people that hang out together, but that we would know God, that we would walk in vital relationship. In Jesus' name. Hey, if you prayed that prayer and you would like us to be in contact with you, we'd like to be in contact with you. And I'd like to invite you just on our website, there's a a digital connection card. If you'll just go to that website, even on your iPhone right here in the room right now, and just say, hey, I've decided to follow Jesus. Uh, and, And just tell us, we'll send you an email this week.